Hello friends, welcome back to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. Today I wanted to talk about death. This is a topic often viewed in a very scary, heavy light. My goal here today is to rip apart those heavy labels associated with it and just honestly explore what it is, what it means, what it's like, all that stuff. We will be chatting with my great-grandmother, a fairy, and an extraterrestrial to see how they all view and experience death. Here we go! There are multiple ways to view death. There are the day-to-day deaths we go through when life force energy is blocked from our bodies due to imbalance. There's the death prior to a new beginning, a new chapter of life, or a new way of living. And then the large overarching death where we disconnect from our physical vessel and join back with our soul. Um, Just a note real quick. I showed my cat how to get to the upper shelf in my closet where I'm recording right now and he's like rolling around. So if there is extra wrestling, my apologies. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to be repeating a little bit of stuff from my death and reincarnation YouTube video here. Just a heads up. This is stuff I talk about a lot. So Death occurs when there is no longer life force energy flowing. So anytime you get out of alignment, anytime the energy in your energy field gets sluggish, we push away a memory, or if we disown a part of ourselves, a death occurs in our field. We are such powerful beings, and when we forget that and disconnect from our state of power, a death occurs. Coming to life, when your life force energy is flowing freely and your inner being is awakened, is such an incredible feeling. There is nothing like it. So remembering and integrating is life. (laughs) On a grander scale, when we come into this physical experience as a baby, we don't remember a majority of anything about where our soul came from. It takes work sometimes to deep dive and begin learning about or having memories from past lives and such to begin feeling the power and beauty of our soul. When we come to the physical plane, that birth, that birth as a baby coming into this world, can actually be viewed as a death because there is a detachment from our soul. There is a forgetfulness. It's a weird way to see it, but there's a disconnection between who we are and who we actually are. So as we begin remembering, we begin coming back to life. Finally, when we reach the end of a lifetime and all parts of our consciousness release from our physical body, the blocks are ripped apart, we join our soul in its oneness, and we are complete. So in that sense, passing away is actually the ultimate coming to life. It's the ultimate birth. There is a lot of unknown about it, which can make it feel scary, but there's honestly nothing to be scared about, and I hope this episode just sheds away that fear a little bit, if you have it. If you look up stories about near-death experiences, people often express a beautiful experience where they felt so much love and peace. Death is still very much a taboo thing to discuss. There's a lot of superstition and fear about it, but it's just so opposite from that. I feel like the heavy labels that society and cultures kind of place upon it just brings so much unnecessary fear and pain. The way I understand the process of passing over is as follows. So going back to the Energy 101 episode, our energy body is made up of vortexes of energy, also known as chakras. Each chakra is associated with a different layer of the energy field, known as an auric body. 
The lower three chakras, the lower three auric bodies, are connected to the physical realm. So this would be the root, the sacral chakra, and the solar plexus. The heart chakra bridges the physical and energetic planes. And then the top three, the throat, third eye, and crown, all lie in the energetic plane. When we die, the physical layer of our energy field, so our lower three chakras, begins dissolving. And our energy field essentially, like, uh, detaches and shoots out of our crown chakra. At this point, we're disconnected from our physical body and are in the process of passing over. This is that sensation of going through that tunnel with the light on the other side. We have a quick download of everything that happened in our lifetime. Your life flashes in front of your eyes. And then you are met by loved ones and guides from this lifetime and others. There is a gradual drawing feeling that is pulling at our energy as we process what happened, etc. We can either resist that draw, which usually occurs when someone has had a traumatic death or they have unfinished business. They'll kind of remain here in that in-between as a ghost because they're not ready to fully pass over. Or we can give into it, which allows us to pull into higher dimensions of being as our energy reunites with our soul. For some people, this processing period can take no time at all, whereas for other people, it'll take a little bit of time. This process of passing over is something that we have all experienced many times. <laughs> we just don't remember. So I thought it would be interesting to talk to some various beings about it. The first person we will be chatting with is my great-grandma Dorothy. Some of you have connected with her during our private spiritual lessons. Her energy is pretty strong and apparent, so I like to use her when training people on developing their mediumship. So she passed away when she was in her like mid-90s, I believe, from pneumonia. She's saying right before she passed away, her chest felt really tight. She was having a difficult time breathing, like her lungs were just giving out. Right before she passed, her body got really hot and everything felt foggy, like she was lightheaded, but there was this like squeezing, I don't know, this weird sensation of like relaxing but squeezing. It's like uh, just this feeling of pressure in her chest. She's saying it was really quick from there. She had fully let go of her lifetime and had her eyes steering forward. So after passing away, she was met with loved ones and then happily kept going. They all swarmed around her and she was like, hey, good to see ya. I've got places to go now. We'll be in touch soon. <laughs> she didn't need uh, like a, a party to meet her. You know, she felt confident. She knew where she was going and she was excited and motivated. I felt like she was being pulled upward through thick clouds but this warming sensation in her body was getting stronger and stronger. So despite her not actually physically being part of her body, it was like her energy body felt really hot. It felt really good, not in a bad way. It feels like uh, invigorating and nice and just like a toasty blanket on a cold day. It feels really good. She felt free, young, energized, loved. It was unlike anything she had ever experienced before. As she went, random sensations began coming up. Some were almost like how indigestion feels, where there's like gas bubbles bubbling in your stomach or a quick shift or churning. But this was happening just in various areas of the body. 
whereas other parts of her body felt like uh like there was wind rushing through it like it felt transparent and airy she's saying she didn't look down to see if she had a body or not this was like a sensation again of like flying or being lifted up through clouds um she felt like a light beam and these sensations would surface or awaken then neutralize as her energy got finer and finer mentally the whole thing literally felt like she was waking up from a dream where she slowly began to gain a ton of clarity and understanding she knew her place she felt her history and it all felt so perfect and so right it was just like waking up into her spot in the universe She's expressing that it's difficult to describe from this point because there is so much occurring at once and it's not a way of being that we're familiar with at all. It almost feels like she's sitting in this open space and all around her are these like various sized windows into different realms that are all simultaneously occurring that she's all energetically connected to in some way. They're like, they look like transparent sheets of memories or other people or places from various lifetimes. She's saying you're able to choose which ones are in your space. I feel like my cat is literally like tap dancing. I don't know what, <laughs> what is going on. And if you give more energy to one, just by focusing your attention in, you can become more present there. Like an aspect of you is energetically awakened there to visit the person or the place. Uh, these sheets are like portals, essentially. But you don't like float through them. You just energetically become present in them, if that makes sense. It takes a lot of effort to do this, to make your presence known to this person or whatever that you're trying to connect to takes even more energy. My great-grandma's energy is very strong. She's always been very good at manipulating it. I've had very physical sensations from her. Even now, I just felt her, like, pinch my cheek. <laughs> Not all beings can do this. This is why in mediumship readings, some loved ones will come in stronger than others. It can be really difficult to learn how to make your energy concentrated enough to lower to a frequency that we physical beings can feel she's saying she's had a lot of practice it's something she's always been very good at so she is she's good she knows she knows what she's doing but yeah everybody has different abilities and gifts and all that stuff so when you go to the other side it's no exception what does it feel like now to be in this state she's helping me feel the sensation it feels so interesting to be without a body. It's not like astral traveling. With that, I usually just feel the presence of my consciousness, and I will feel like physical type of sensations, you know, but it's all very surfacey. This feels deep, like there's a constant surge of pure nourishment. Ah, it feels good. <laughs> it feels so good. It's interesting because this state of being is different for everyone and can be described differently. We live in an expanding universe. Source energy, the core of what we and everything is, wants to experience everything in every way. And this high vibrational state is no exception. The differences are a lot more subtle in this state, but it's still very much individual, just on a grander scale. 
Her parting message before she goes is that she spent so much of her life holding back. She was a firecracker without a doubt, but there was this constant tension in her belly. She's saying if she knew then what she knows now, she would have pushed it more and truly lived her life for no one but herself. We're here specifically to experience life for ourselves, to awaken and align with our power. Oh my god. Oh god. Sorry, my cat just jumped on my my head. Hold on. Anyways, so we're here to awaken and align with our power. So she wouldn't have held back so much. She would have just let her inner voice be free. It's interesting because connecting with her, I can feel what she's talking about, and it feels so simple. Like, just allow your inner essence to exploit out. Follow your passion. Follow what excites you and dive into it all the way. Easy peasy. But then thinking about myself integrating it, it feels so much more complicated. I suppose that's the difference between being free from the constraints of the ego and subconscious programming and not being free from those as a human. Everything feels so clear and obvious, but our baggage muddies it so much. It's so interesting. She's saying, despite this state of being in such a physical realm, you know, how we are where things feel like limited, it's still at the core all energy. It's not limited at all. We often use the physical illusionary limitations as an excuse to not follow our deepest wishes and desires, but the opportunity and potential here is just as endless as it is energetically. The energy of source energy The source, or creator of everything, again, is flowing in and around us constantly. It created this physical world. It created us. It created the walls that we are surrounded by. It made it possible for you to hear me through an electronic device. (laughs) It is in everything and flowing within us, flowing without us, ready to work with us. That's some powerful stuff. Literally, the creator of everything is in us right now. You just have to talk to it, see the power that is within you, and just allow it to carry you where you really want to go. Because if you feel it, that's an energy there that's the seed for something grander. If you feel it, it can be. And that is all. Thank you so much to my great grandma for chatting with us. All right, next I'm going to bring in a fairy to ask about this. I've always been curious about how they view death. I was in middle school, I believe, when the Derbyshire, I think that's how you say it, mummified fairy report came out um, where this guy claimed to have found this like fairy burial site or something. It was a hoax and he admitted it was. It was like an April Fool's thing, but... It was so cool, and it always made me so curious about how they approach death in their realm. All right, let's see who wants to come through. Okay, I'm connecting to one of my guides. They're a little bundle of two fairies. They're sisters. They're one of those that are humanoid, but then also look a bit (laughs) alien-ish. One is wearing a fluffy dress with magenta and orange hues. Looks very, like, autumn-y. She's got a little tiara on that's a bit too big for her head. (laughs) It keeps, like, flopping to one side. She's got the biggest grin and the longest little pointy ears. Her name is Talara. 
The other is wearing a deep, like, indigo and light purple dress. It looks, it reminds me of, like, nighttime. The dress has pieces of fabric falling down in pieces, so it's a bit more revealing. It exposes her legs. She's got brownish, reddish, goldish hair that is a bit curly. Her name is Tia. Talara doesn't have hair. She's bald. And then their skin is like a bluish, brownish, grayish color. They keep like squabbling at each other and then one goes in to like squeeze and kiss the other one and then they go back to squabbling and then back to (laughs) embracing. They have a lot of energy. Let me see if I can get a clear answer from them. All right. Tia said that she refers to death as the great beginning. It is the ultimate adventure and one that they celebrate. When it comes time for a fairy to pass away and rejoin the whole of their soul, the other fairies will have a celebration to wish them well on their journey. She's saying that they never need an excuse to hold a party. They love a good party. But these types of parties are very specific. Um, They have got like a specific practice set. For these, they will celebrate from dusk till dawn. It is a tradition that they all come in cloaks at dusk. I'm a little confused. This feels more like dawn because it feels like quiet and has that crispy morning air feeling. Hmm. I feel like she just likes the way dusk till dawn (laughs) sounds, but I don't think that's actually what happens. I think this is dawn. So they come out in cloaks at dawn (laughs) singing It sounds like they have a specific song that they all sing and play. They've got, like, instruments and stuff. They slowly walk together playing this song. It is done in an opening of a forest that points towards the rising sun. I'm specifically seeing, like, an opening that leads to a cliff, and then they sing the song as the sun comes over the horizon. It's like they're high enough to see everything, and they can see right when the sun reaches there. She's saying that they refer to it as following the sun. Whoever passed away is following the sun for one more grand ride around the planet. So they sing this song as a way to celebrate and be part of this journey, to send them love, all that stuff. Once the sun is high overhead, they will remove the cloaks and celebrate. Things feel wacky and chaotic. (laughs) They just feel the love they have for the being that is passing away, and the excitement is so strong. They are so excited for them. As the sun comes to the horizon again at dusk, things pause. It's almost like they go into a meditative state and feel the peace and tranquility of the environment. They are giving farewell energies to the fairy, almost like sending them cards full of memories and kind words, but in the form of energy. Once the moon has taken over the sky, they begin to celebrate again, but this time it feels different. It feels like they tidy everything up, like everything has a specific place, and they clean and organize everything all together. They're all very busy. She's saying that this is a way to make sure the being that passed didn't leave any of their energy behind. They're trying to let them go as whole as possible, so they dust around to unstick any bits that their energy may have clung on to. When the moon is at the highest point in the sky, I suppose it depends on what phase the moon is because it changes position, but whatever feels right to them, 
They light lanterns, get a bunch of fruits and foods and shiny things, essentially just a bunch of like offerings, and put them all on the table, dedicate it to the fairy that passed away, and then they eat it all <laughs> and pick out all the little trinkets that they want to keep. Once their bellies are full and all the scraps have gone, they rest. It's almost like they're all in a food coma and just need to lay down. <laughs> However, they're still in that like meditative feeling, that like love and serenity and tranquility. And this is all in honor of the fairy being that they all love so much. Then dawn comes again and they go about their day. The festivities are over and everything just kind of reverts back to their daily practices. She's saying that different types of fairies and ones in different regions will have their own practices, but this is the one that she grew up with and her specific fairy culture practices. So interesting. It's such a cool little practice. I really love that. It's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Toodles, Tia and Talara. <laughs> I will talk to you soon. Okay, finally, this is something I've tapped into before, but I know every being is different. I'm going to connect to an extraterrestrial collective to see what death is like on their end. This is just going to be a random one. Let's see what comes through. Okay, I'm connecting to somebody. Their energy feels very familiar, but I'm not sure where I've connected to them before. It may have been in a session, but I can't remember. So they come from an interesting planet. It seems partly dusty with a lot of neutral colors, but then I guess what would be considered night makes everything really bright. Like when you turn on or turn off all the lights, turn on a black light and have neon colors around, like the room itself is dark, but those neon colors really pop out. Everything also turns kind of gelatinous when this happens, so it's like this interesting gelatinous neon party. <laughs> Everything shifts. It's so interesting. These beings also have two states that reflect this shift. So their daytime state looks like if sand magically blew into the shape of a being. It seems to be very windy where they are, so the sand is like constantly moving and shifting. Their voice is so audible and it's so soothing. They have such nice voices. They have four legs that look like octopus tentacles a little bit. They have six mini arms, I guess, that go around their torso. Then their head looks like a triangular pile of stuff. Almost like how our brain looks with all those lumps and squiggly bits. But this is very high. It takes up like a third of their body or a third of their height. They can change form a bit in this sandy state. They keep trying to shift their appearance to look a little bit more human-like so that I feel comfortable with them. They can sense my energy and how I feel about them, which is why they kind of started shifting to a human because I was getting a little taken aback <laughs> just due to how visual and different they look. In the gelatinous nighttime state, Everything is primarily blue with hints of other colors. I'm seeing a, it looks like a beach almost, with um, this like beige and gray colored sand with some kind of liquid body of stuff that appears to be also a very like pale beige color. And then at night, 
the liquid turns black and the land around has bright like purple and orange flowers. There are colors moving and gliding about just everywhere. Almost like lightning bugs or something like that. It's like a totally different world when this happens. It's so interesting. Their bodies will also turn blue with various hints of other colors if they choose to adorn themselves with accessories. It turns like black and blue. Black with the bright like neon pints of blue. So these guys train for death. That sounds more intense than it is. <laughs> they live on the planet with the intention of testing, learning, observing as much as they can to take with them to the other side. They are very connected to the souls of those that had once lived on their planet, so they are excited to guide and inform others when it is their time to pass on. It feels like leveling up. Um, similar to how mediums will communicate with their ancestors, it's a similar practice, but because these are energy beings and it's just they're more open and receptive to stuff, they have a very deep connection to, um, like, ancient souls from their planet. The first portion of their life spans about 7,000 to 25,000 Earth years. This would be similar to our childhood and adolescence and focuses more on exploration and learning. Then they mature and go into this like meditative type state until about 50 to 80,000 earth years old. This state is where they begin processing and understanding things. It's like an internal study period where everything they gained from their explorations are further explored from a more philosophical perspective. Um, there's like a lot of channeling of information. It feels just very energetic. After this, they go into a state of action where they begin fixing, inventing, and expanding upon things. Since they're able to connect to high-frequency energy, they are trained by previous experts in various fields in that meditative stage, which now allows them to carry out those lessons to help the community, the planet, the universe, etc. This state goes non-stop typically until they're about 100,000 to 125,000 Earth years old. But if the action of what they're doing still has a lot of momentum is, and is needed within the communities or whatever, it can continue for longer than that. At this point, once their mission is essentially finished, they pass away. They know this process is coming and make their preparations to ensure they aren't leaving their community behind. Everything's Everything feels very, like, logical and planned out. They know what time, what day, all that stuff, so they give themselves this, like, little ritual to make it happen. So when the time comes, they will go to that main body of liquid that I saw. They go there by themselves. It's a very sacred experience. They just kind of stay there, and then their, like, energy explodes into the surrounding air. It's like this weird, like, ah, it's so interesting. It's like they're there and then they explode into nothing, or into everything, rather. From their end, so when this happens, when this explosion happens, everything becomes dark. Then they see these, like, bright fireworks that they follow in this darkness, or through this darkness, until their focus clears and they realize that it was them, or their soul, creating these fireworks to, like, lead them back home. 
It's a weird illusion where you feel so captivated by these fireworks and very quickly you like shift perspective and see or realize you yourself are creating them. And then once you have that perspective, their soul just like continues on. It's so interesting. It's almost like they never left. Their soul just continues doing whatever it was doing. For example, if their soul was helping guide a lost ship or something, it's like they take a moment to guide that part of themselves back, and then they just, it integrates real quick, and then they continue doing the job. Since the soul is constant, nothing has changed for it. So cool. So interesting. Thank you so much for connecting with us. What a fascinating experience. I learned so much. Thank you guys for being here with me. I love learning about things, and I feel like I wouldn't necessarily explore these topics if I didn't (laughs) have a way or like an audience that was interested in hearing about stuff. So I appreciate you for being with me on this journey. I hope you learned something. I hope you took something away from this. I certainly did. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you as always for listening. I am sending you love and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. To learn more about what I do, visit channelwithamber.com. For future updates on the show, to give some feedback on future episodes, or to just connect, follow me on Instagram at channelwithamber. Shout out to Unicorn Heads for my theme song, A Mystical Experience. See you next time.